Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Listen up, NBA fans. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up using code TBE. Select between two and six NBA players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Track your picks and play against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now using code TBE and take on the competition with your best NBA player picks. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, please visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear... To fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed schoolchildren who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come, dropping gem, dropping gem. Welcome back to another episode of the Dropping Gems podcast, episode 30. I'm your host, Debbie Brown. And on today's show, we are going to be focusing on how to meet your inner child. I know a lot of people are starting to get more familiar with that vernacular, that speaking of ourselves as that kind of little us versus the current us. This work, though... um, that's being sprinkled around the gram is some of the most 
powerful work that you can ever do on yourself. I've spent the last two years deeply embroiled in meeting, healing, loving, and accepting all the versions of me that I've been so far, everything that came before this point. And one of the most difficult parts of this leg of my journey, but also one of the most healing points of it has been really spending time engaging with the wounded little girl that has lived inside of me, little Debbie. That's what we'll call her for the rest of this episode. So take a moment right now before we get started and let's get grounded together. This episode can potentially be a little bit triggering. It can also be so deeply nourishing and liberating. So let's just, as we're listening, if it's comfortable, take a moment to take a deep breath in together, inhaling through your nose and exhaling. We'll do that two more times together. Inhale. And last breath together. Eyes gently closed if it's comfortable. Inhale. And exhale. And just stay right there for a second. Eyes still gently closed. And I want you to just hold space for you to invite into the room the beautiful little you. And whatever image you just saw of yourself as I said that, it's the perfect age, it's the perfect version of yourself to work with. It's the piece of you that has been wanting to be experienced and engaged with. So hold in front of your mind right now with your eyes still gently closed, just natural breathing in and out. See that version of you. And what was that version of you called? Did you have a nickname at whatever age you're experiencing right now? Childhood nickname from you or friends? Something affirming, not languaging that may have been teasing or minimizing. Maybe you were just little blank. Or maybe you had a different nickname. But whatever's coming forward, let's just plant that seed in our mind's eye that tiny version of ourselves we're visualizing right now at whatever age and whatever that version of you was referred to as. Let's plant that in our mind right now and we are gonna be spending time with them for the rest of this show. All right, whenever it feels comfortable, you can gently open your eyes back up, get back into whatever multitasking you may be doing as you hear my voice. All right, so that, what you just experienced right now is your inner child. And typically, whatever comes forward first, though there is healing to be done at every layer and juncture of the journey, at every age, at every experience, the version of you that may have popped forward in your mind just now, that is the one that your spirit wants you to begin with. So that may be the one that needs a little more acknowledgement first before you dive into other ages. So that version of you has entered the room and uh, let's get let's get started. So I first realized I needed to do some inner child healing 
when it became clear to me that that was the piece of my journey I had been avoiding. I have been steeped into some of this uh, self-enrichment, selfology work, this self-discovery work for really specifically and diligently the last 10 years. So I do experience myself as someone that has been on this journey since they were born. Um, I can remember at really young ages different observations I made about the world and about myself or different uh, curiosities I had about feelings or why people behaved the way that they behaved. So I kind of view different childhood moments as truly the beginning of my spiritual awakening. And then <laughs> I've been given a ton of curriculum uh, since then to work with, <laughs> to build upon. But when I, when I really started realizing that some of the deeper work I was doing, uh, I'll never forget, I had had this big breakthrough in my life where I realized that I was sabotaging myself and keeping myself from my own love because of the way that I experienced my resilience. So what I mean by that is I was driving and I had this breakthrough. I was kind of walking myself through a process of thoughts. And I'm always in my friend groups considered the strong friend, have been my whole life. There's always been this perception of perhaps supernatural strength or grace in me, um, which is there, but I don't always want to use it. <laughs> um, I, was, I was really thinking about myself in that role that I was kind of put into, and I was evaluating, did I still want to give that permission? Did I still want to be showing up as that perception that other people had of me or was I really craving an opportunity to soften and an opportunity to extend, my, extend and expand my heart into a space of receiving and being on the receiving end of strength and support sometimes? So as I was walking myself through that thought, the next thing that came up for me was one of my greatest breakthroughs about my identity and freeing myself from that constriction, which was my entire identity was built around resilience. That the way that I valued myself, the thing that I took a lot of pride in, was not just how perceived strong I was, but really that my worth and my value was tied into how much pain I could tolerate, how much pain I could feel but still keep going. And when that breakthrough came to me, uh, for me it was massive because I realized first and foremost, I don't want to live like that. I want to have a life overflowing with joy and pleasure. I do not want to be on the offensive constantly um, rehearsing tragedy and waiting for the other shoe to drop or waiting for the moment that I'm going to have to gear up to go to battle or be a warrior, be strong. I was sick of it. So as I sat in that thought, um, the next piece that came up was how I envision myself now. So the way that I experience myself now, and by now I mean when I was having this conversation in my car with me about two years ago, um, the way that I was experiencing myself was with deep pride, actually. I really loved the version that I had become two years ago. I really loved who I was and the way that I was showing up with myself. But then when I thought about younger me, it was kind of like, ew, go away. You don't deserve to be a part of this. So I had, I had been compartmentalizing myself. I was joyous and grateful for the woman I had become. I was walking around like, yeah, you're the shit. 
look at you doing it, doing the things, right? Look at you feeling good. Look at you, you know, having a great life. But then if I thought of my childhood or I thought of myself at different ages, it was kind of like, go away. Ugh. It was an irritation. It was a disappointment. It was a wanting to hide. And when I looked at that and I realized that that's how I was treating a child, child me, uh, it just became very clear that something in that had my healing written all over it, that something was in that that I needed to start getting curious about and that there was freedom there for me. Uh, so the first thing that I did, I got this amazing, amazing um, guidance from doctors Ron and Mary Holnick, who have a beautiful program that they that they run around doing so much of this deep excavation work. And Dr. Mary Holnick suggested to me, she said, get a picture of yourself, a picture that perhaps would make you cringe if you saw it at a certain age, right? And put it in a beautiful frame and spend time with her every day. So that's what I did. I found a picture of an age where I probably would have not wanted anyone to see this picture where I was in deep judgment of myself for how I looked, for what I experienced, for how I felt about me. And I put it in a frame and I put it on the counter in my bathroom right under where I do my affirmations, and I forced myself to look at her and speak life to her every single day. And the first three weeks were excruciating. I really resented it. <laughs> I was really annoyed. I was really triggered. And then I got down to more compassion. And when I started looking at that little girl, I started seeing my son. And I started speaking to her with the same level of life that I would give my son or I would give any child that I saw on the street. The same level of love and nurturance and acceptance and non-judgment that we give all children everywhere. The reassurance, the support, the safety. I started speaking to her like that. And so that sounded like me walking up to that picture frame and saying, you are so beautiful. You are so innately wise. You are so gifted. You're so strong. You're so beautiful. You are loved. You are cherished. You are safe. You are provided for. You are worthy. You are enough. First couple of weeks, that was awkward. And it was... A little excruciating. A month in, changed my whole life. Changed the entire way that I experienced myself and it allowed me to really forgive myself for all of the judgments I was putting on a child who didn't have the ability to make her own choices, who was given circumstances that she did not ask for and that she did not control and that she had no option or choice in and really celebrating her for surviving and for showing up and for moving through the world anyway. Because the deepest truth of this, if anybody listening has any level of separation from their tiny self and their childhood, the deepest truth is that the only reason I'm here in this moment 
is because she was amazing. No matter what judgments I've had of little me, little Debbie, she was amazing and she survived and she pulled on whatever tools she had to, to be here in this moment as this version of me. And that deserves reverence. That deserves love. That deserves respect. And now I've been walking with that little me ever since. And it has changed everything. And anytime I feel myself triggered, uh, any traumas, any residue rising to the surface, any old loops kind of replaying themselves, I just look to spend more time with her and make sure she's doing good and she's feeling good about herself, whether that's in meditation, whether that's through my affirmations, or whether that is me in that little picture frame being diligent about the way I not only self-care for me now, but the way that I reparent myself from then. So that is how I began to experience this work. And my hope is in today's show to really get your hearts open to exploring that version of you. And then we'll continue this conversation on the show and we'll have other shows where we'll be able to really dive into this a little bit more and have more activities around that. So I want to start with talking about what is it that really creates this separation? You know, I believe that when it comes to us healing, and I imagine that every person listening to this show is committed to some degree to their own healing and their own nurturance of love, I believe that an unhealthy relationship with our inner child is the number one barrier that we have up against receiving our own love. It is the number one barrier that we must work to dissolve if we want to become who we are called to be and if we want to feel as healed and as whole in this life as we deserve to be. So what is inner child work? Well, inner child work is also referred to as inner child healing, and it's a way to address our needs that haven't been met as children and heal any attachment wounds that we may have developed. So we all have a younger part of ourselves that was potentially not fully loved in the languaging that perhaps we needed or didn't have the experiences based on so many outside factors that are conducive to the false American ideal that is always perpetuated in front of us. And that's where a lot of the wounding comes from too. It's when we come into a space where we are looking at our childhood and our family structure and holding it up for comparison against a false ideal that has never been true for anyone, we create in ourselves a sense of lack, a sense of not enoughness, and a sense of what we had access to not being as great as everyone else's. So something we talked about in an episode most recently um, was this phrasing that I had heard that really shifted myself, uh, really shifted the way I thought about childhood me. And I was asking uh, an amazing, brilliant psychologist friend, I said, why? Why is the fight of our life as adults on a journey to remember that we're whole? Why is it the fight of our life to release this false narrative that we aren't worthy, that we're not enough? And what she said to me really floored me. She said, well, a child has to blame or it will go insane. And so when I asked for further <laughs> clarification on what that meant, you know, she said, well, 
when you're a child, your only understanding of God is really your parents, right? They are our first world. Your mother is very literally your first world. You are grown inside of her. You enter world into the world through her entrance, through her portal, right? And when we are in a home system, our home is really all we know of the world and maybe a tiny handful of a couple other places, school, a family member's house, park, right? But our world is small. It's small. And there's just not the ability for a child to understand that the world is bigger than your immediate circumstance or your immediate structure. And so when our parents are our God in that way, our first experience of the world, it sets the tone for how we receive ourselves. And it sets the tone for how we will feel about the world. And so much of the way we feel about our faith, so much of the way we feel about our experience in life now is 100% rooted in how we feel about ourselves and how we have processed and experienced all of the mechanics of what our life has looked like, right? So from that space of a child blaming or it will go insane, physiologically, biologically, if you were to admit to yourself as a child that there was something wrong with your parents, that maybe they were unsafe or ill-equipped or didn't have the healing or the emotional intelligence or were raising you through their woundedness, which oftentimes shows up as unprocessed emotions, as rage, as violence, as excessive discipline or withholding or emotional isolation or even just stringent rules and regulations, withholding of joy. You would go into as a child fight or flight response because you developmentally, emotionally, and in terms of language, you don't have any foundation set yet. Everything is being learned as it's being experienced. And without emotional languaging and without a loving, supportive structure to move through questions and life processing, we have to think that it's something wrong with us. Because if it were to be something wrong with our parental structure or our households or the world that we know, we would not be able to make sense of anything. We would be in a constant state of fight or flight, which could kill us because we would deem everything as unsafe and we don't know the world is any bigger than that small circumstance. So it would become our tiny prison, right? And then when we come into a space of blaming of self, that's how we're able to get through. It's actually our, at that age, tool of survival. It's how we're able to keep going by believing, well, it's something that is not quite enough about me. There is something that is not quite fully lovable about me. There is something unworthy about me, and that's why. And so then it turns into a pattern very often of people-pleasing, of codependency, of this false ideal that love, that respect, that support has to be earned, that there's a performance quality to the way we have to be with other people in order to have them in our lives, in order to feel safe, in order to feel enough. So inner child work is the work of going back 
to that youngest, most tender, most vulnerable version of you and reprogramming and reparenting and reteaching how to experience the world and ourselves and how to go back through each one of those experiences we had as a child that changed us and heal it and dissolve it and remove any judgment that we began to form about ourselves when that happened. So inner child work is really deeply rooted in lots of self-forgiveness, lots of research and interpretation and understanding about the effects that family structures and societal structures have on how we feel about us. And I know it sounds like a lot. If you're listening right now, I know you're like, oh, good God, (laughs) more work. But this work, this work is the work that really leads to mastery and it really leads to ease and it really leads to such a firm, strong foundation and access to the tools needed that will allow you to move through everything else in your spiritual curriculum, everything else you'll experience here with grace and with ease and with joy and with a connection to your original innocence. I love it. I love inner child work. So meeting your inner child. (sighs) I think first, it's really important to take evaluation of yourself and see what are some signs that may be showing up that your inner child needs healing. So some of the signs can look like feeling highly reactive to things that are going on. We can notice when our wounded inner child appears in our daily lives when you might find yourself being very reactive to situations or feeling unreasonably irritated or detached from things. So if something is coming up and it's saying like you're just noticing that there's charge in your chest about it, but it doesn't actually seem like a big deal. It's not actually something that is affecting you tangibly. It's important to see that reactiveness. It's important to watch out for that warning sign of maybe taking things out of proportion or feeling easily rejected, right? Like maybe someone doesn't answer you back with the tone that you wanted and now you feel rejected by it or you feel like it is somehow an affront or it's a challenge about you. That is a sign of your inner child needing some healing, needing to be met and loved a little bit more. Another sign would be sometimes it can manifest itself as overvaluing independence. So that can be like um, telling yourself that you don't need anyone, that you don't need help. Is anybody listening experienced with themselves that someone offers help? Like, oh, here, let me get that for you. Or, oh, I'll hold that. You go, oh, no, 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 I got it. I'll do it. That's a trauma response. Not being able to receive Telling yourself that everything has to be done alone, that everything is on your shoulders because that is some of the experience you've had, that's a trauma response and that is a sign that your inner child could be loved a little more fully. Another sign would be destructive coping behaviors and that can look like consuming too much alcohol, um, buying things, being really connected to consumerism and thinking that The more you have equates to your value or if you can be perceived or be held in a certain kind of way, that that equates your value and your worth. It can be sexual um, addictions or just being very overly sexualized but not in a way that feels authentically 
internally empowering. You know, um, it can be if you are cheating a lot in relationships or if you are betraying your friends or your partner or yourself. That is a destructing coping, destructive coping behavior of how you are acting out because your inner child is unhealed. Gambling, um, overconsumption of food, unhealthy foods, chronic procrastination, you know, just not getting things done but not really knowing why you're holding yourself in back that way or why you are self-sabotaging in that way. Those are destructive coping mechanisms based on an unhealed inner child. Another one would be poor emotional and poor mental health. So that can manifest sometimes as depression, not feeling motivated about anything, even the things that you know you potentially should be excited about or other people are excited about. Um, having trouble difficulties, having fluctuating weight up and down, um, not being able to be fully productive at work or having anxiety, not wanting sex or wanting excessive sex or, you know, there, there's many different ways that this kind of imbalance can manifest. But the best way to check it out is to see, do I feel aligned do I have the ability to regulate my emotions or experience them? Do I give myself permission to experience my emotions fully or to say them out loud to myself and others? Really, really important to look at that. And another big sign, and this is how I think most of us come to the understanding that our inner child needs a little bit of love, is around repeating patterns in your relationships. And that can be work, that can be home. Uh, most often it's found in your romantic partnerships or relationships or in your own parenting style. But when you start to notice that patterns are repeated, maybe it's a narrative that you told yourself that you're betrayed or you've been abandoned and now you see that showing up or you perceive that in all of your interactions or that people don't really see you um, and you see that showing up or maybe you continue to be in relationship with someone that mirrors a behavior of your parents, whether that was perhaps a withholding or a punishment um, or creating a structure where you felt you had to earn attention or appreciation. And so when I say all of these different uh, signs that you can connect with that your inner child needs healing, it's really important to know that none of this is your fault and you don't have to judge yourself for any of this. You don't have to start evaluating yourself and then judge it as, what am I doing wrong? I need to fix me. You know, all of the work that we do on ourselves, all of it, inner child work and everything else, all of it is in service to us remembering our wholeness. We are not fixing ourselves. We are not these broken things that are in constant need of being glued back together. In truth, we are just doing the work so that we can remember the innate wholeness that we entered this world with before everything else got in the way, before someone told us we were someone else, before we were in a system, before we were trained, before we took on and started mimicking some of the emotional illiteracy of the adults that we knew in our life before we started subduing ourselves in our healing. That's all we're doing is just observing and then trying to reset and reprogram to our inherent innate worthiness 
that is always there, that is always available to us. Are you all about the NBA action? You've got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. And so risingwoman.com actually has this really beautiful um, access to information on inner child work and healing trauma. And Susan Anderson, who's the author of A Journey from Abandonment to Healing, I love the explanation of what that inner child looks and feels like that she gives. So the inner child, the little you, is tender and emotional. Your inner child is the most innocent part of you the part that really believed in full possibility in each moment, in imagination, in safety. It's all about your personal feelings and the primal needs inside of you that need to be met. So that piece of you is really deep feeling, really sensitive, curious, creative, playful, 
you know, the kid that just wants to know and learn and explore all the things that we should so freely be able to do, especially as children, the one that desires connection. When I even say that, I imagine my little son always running up to me and like pulling me down to come down to his height and just cupping my hand, my face in his hands and looking at me. You know, that's how we kind of connect with one another um, every day. And so that, that desire to be seen and to see, to have intimacy and safety, to be open-minded and to be an expression of your feelings, you know, like that big toddler energy of I'm angry, Mm." you know, yelling, throwing a tantrum when needed, really testing out some of your boundaries, feeling sad, being able to cry, and then feeling exuberantly joyful. Those are all the deepest pieces of little you. And then if you're a wounded inner child, you know, when we have that wounding, it's, uh, it's really connected to the response to emotional or psychological neglect. And I really want to preface this um, because I do know that not only are some people listening to this and it begins sometimes in uncomfortable um, observation and questioning of your parents, but I also know that I have some parents listening um, that might be taking on a little guilt and shame for their style of parenting with their children. It's so important for each of us to know. And I know that in some scenarios, this will not feel natural. But it's so, so important for us to know that every generation that came before us, they did the best they could with the tools they had. And especially if there was ancestral trauma woven into that, mixed in with systemic racism, mixed in with the patriarchy, mixed in with the minimization of women, the marginalization of black and brown communities, you know, all the layering that goes on that, it is so important to stress that even in some of the most painful experiences, um, the majority of adults were always trying their best. And they can only raise us and love us and nurture us from the most healed parts of themselves. And so many generations before ours never had the luxury or the privilege of healing anything, never had the access. We can open Instagram right now and I can go directly to a psychology page and find a beautiful explanation or unpacking and understanding of my deepest wounds, right? No one had access to that before. No one. There, there was barely therapy before, let alone free online. There was no online. <laughs> there was no like-minded communities for the most part, you know, in a mainstream way. There was no tribe in a mainstream way for healing. This is all new. And this is all such a luxury for each of us. So it is important as we do this work, a lot is going to come up as you're on this journey of healing your inner child. Um, But really, really, if you can, push to stay in a a space of compassion for yourself and also for the adults in your life. Um, None of this has been easy for anyone. So I just wanted to sprinkle that in there. Um, But, you know, the wounded inner child, a response to emotional or psychological neglect, can look and feel like a deep-seated belief that you are broken. A deep-seated belief that you are broken. A fear of abandonment and a fear of a loss of love. And sometimes that can look like maybe staying with a partner for too long when you're not being treated well. 
because you're chasing how you first felt with them or you were just trying to get them to value you again. And so you're doing everything you can. You are performing, you are contorting, you are manipulating, you are moving in hopes of having a return of whatever you are calling love in that moment that's wounded inner child, feeling insecure, um, having low self-esteem, loss of self in an attempt to gain approval from others. That's that self-betrayal where you say yes when you want it to say no. Or, you know, um, you are in performance in front of other people, hoping that they will be pleased, hoping that they will like you, hoping that they will see you, hoping that they will receive and appreciate you. Wounded inner child also manifests as being fearful of setting boundaries for yourself, for your own healthy protection, and being fearful of saying no. And it's also seeking instant gratification through other substances like shopping or distractions, sex, drugs, liquor, or procrastination. So these are all just useful to look at, to observe. Do not be in judgment of yourself, but just say, hmm, I do do that. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I notice my chest gets really tight when I'm confronted with fill in the blank from your own experience. And it's just noticing. It's just really building up the fortitude and the courage to be with yourself, even when you don't understand yourself, even when you feel in judgment of yourself and gifting yourself with the ability to release that. So now let me anchor this conversation in how I was experiencing myself. When I would open up photo albums and I'd see pictures of little me, for whatever reason, I created a narrative about my young self that I was very unlovable, that I was very unwanted, that I was neglected, and that I was an afterthought for all of the adults in my life, that I was the burden, that I was the piece that was always, um, there was no time for, or it didn't really matter. I felt like I didn't have access to the things that other young people had access, that I didn't have the nurturance that I saw other people have. And again, so much of this can totally just be tied to my perception from my lack of understanding of the world and also just a lot of bullying I was doing of myself <laughs> over the years, right? Because the deeper truth now that I'm in a healed space with my inner child is that she was amazing and so deep so cerebral, so funny, so emotionally intelligent, so thoughtful, so kind, so investigative, so beautiful, so sweet, so funny, you know, but based on all of the experiences and based on, you know, many of the ways our parents experience themselves and mirror self-love, it changes things. It changes the way we experience, look, see, love, all of the things with us. So the old me was looking back at that little girl, little me, little Debbie, with so much judgment. I'd be like, why was she so disheveled in all these pictures? Why didn't anyone ever care enough about her to do her hair? Why didn't anyone ever care enough about her to not put her in hand-me-down clothes or in you know, um, adult clothes, like why, why wasn't she given access to looking and feeling and being able to behave like a child? That is the way I experienced myself. So a lot of my reprogramming and reparenting 
and nurturance of little Debbie is just rooted in affirming her and inviting her into the to my life now and inviting her into the conversations I have now and feeling grateful for her. Really looking at that little girl with reverence because if she didn't plow through, I would not be here. If she didn't have enough inside of herself to keep going and to keep seeking and to keep being curious, I would not be here in this moment. So I want to introduce to you guys now this beautiful um, archetype that was first theorized by psychoanalyst Dr. Carl Jung, and it's called the Divine Child Archetype. And it's a series of archetypes that are representative of milestones in this process of being able to really be in the individuation of yourself. And um, it outlines his theory of what the divine child is. So a divine child, and you guys know how I feel about the word divine. Um, (laughs) Divine child archetypes and characteristics and traits can really look like the divine child is both helpless and powerful at the same time. So instead of looking at ourselves as weak or somehow minimized, um, we're able to stand in the fullness of like, yeah, you take on this helpless characteristic because you are learning how to receive. It is how you are shown what being nurturing is so that you can then share that with yourself and with future generations, Um, but also recognizing the power that you actually really held and magnetized within yourself at these ages. The helplessness comes from the fact that its youth ensures that it's still reliant on the adult or a more mature influence around them. But you're all powerful because that same youth and vitality make you the center of attention all around. So the oohs and ahs and, oh yeah, do that dance or you know all of the ways in which you can show up and be applauded and really celebrated as a child. That's the power in that. The attention has mutual benefits, both enabling the divine child to flourish, but also bringing to the parent figure a sense of pride and achievement, which benefits them too. And so much of the healing comes around that too, right? Like really evaluating how much of my decision-making is me trying to make my parents happy or proud or get them to notice or recognize me or be at peace with me? And how much of it is really rooted in what my own desires and what my own needs are? And what my own personal trajectory on this earth is and my own soul mission. So just observing and just looking at those things is so important. And so even just experiencing yourself as you begin to meet little you and engage with little you and call little you forward, really experiencing little you as a divine child and perhaps calling yourself that. You divine little you. (laughs) Divine little Debbie divine sacred child. That's a lot of the languaging I use with my son. He is called divine constantly. You know, I call I call my son a sacred child, a beautiful boy. He's a gorgeous boy. I say those words to him. I want to fill him with that level of not just compliment, but authentic empowerment from the inside out. Give him a taste of how to experience himself as the grandest, most fullest version of himself. So really maybe lend some of that language to you as you are on this journey. So inner child, this is your experience meeting that little you. And I just really invite you to spend some time before we come back together again to really just start observing. And we'll have another episode moving forward that's really rooted in how to begin the steps of healing your inner child, which is such beautiful work. And trust me, you are ready for it and you're capable and you're able and you're equipped 
But today, let's sit here. Let's sit here and just offer yourself the opportunity until we come back to this conversation to meet yourself more deeply exactly right there. So I invite you as your soul work for this episode to take some time, go through some albums. I want you to look out for pictures of you at different ages where you either felt really, really good about you, pull those pictures, and pictures where you feel in judgment of you. You know, maybe a photo that would be considered awkward by some, or a photo that maybe brings to light a hardship that you had at that time, whether that was in school or in your household or whatever the wounding may may be and where it may lie, and bring that picture forward and just create a little collection and start spending time with that collection of photos. Find one to put in a frame. You can always switch it out later. Don't overthink it. But find a photo, put it in a frame, put it near your affirmations, put it near your sacred space, put it somewhere you'll see it, and spend time with that version of you. And just start noticing without judgment. Just start noticing. How are you feeling about that little you? What's coming up? There's no judgment. If it comes up that I really don't like this and I feel uncomfortable and I don't like them, that's okay because you're noticing You're noticing where those triggers are lying. You're noticing what your barriers are. You're noticing the boundaries you've given yourself to your own love. So we're just noticing. And take some time to write down some thoughts. Just start with some bullet points. If it feels comfortable, freeform write about it for an hour or so. We talk about this a lot, actually, in my Karma Gang community on karmagang.org and On there, I have another tier of our community that's called the Mastery Collective. And we just did a big 11-week shed challenge around spending time with our inner child. And so that comes with quite a bit of (sighs) surrender (laughs) and journaling uh, and just really willing to witness yourself. So that is your soul work. Start looking through those pictures. Identify a few that you want to work with. Start calling that photo by the name you were known at in that time and sending and sharing love. And any thoughts that come up, there is no good or bad. Any thoughts that come up, start writing them down. Start exploring. Start getting curious about yourself. Be a scholar of you. Let's start documenting. Let's start researching. Your life is worthy. Your story deserves to be known and told. You deserve to be seen. You are seen. And you've always been enough and you've always been worthy, and you've always been lovable, and you've always been likable. I think I'm going to end this show with um, sharing with you guys some audio of the affirmations I do with my son each night. So if it feels comfortable, I want you to listen to this and listen back as many times as you wish. You can gently close your eyes, and you can imagine that these words are being said to you as the young version of yourself and really sit and feel and savor how it would have felt if you heard those things as a child. And alternatively, you can also listen to the affirmations I do every night with Quest since he was born. As we get ready for bed, putting on the pajamas and doing the nighttime routine. You can also just spend some time with perhaps doing that for the child in your life. You know, maybe it can be... um, a nice little storyboard for the way that you want to start laying some beautiful foundation, some new traditions of 
how you experience and treat the children in your life. So I'm going to go ahead and let that play now. I love you. I'll see you next episode. Peace. Okay. Mommy loves you. Daddy loves you. God loves you. And you love you. Quest loves and accepts himself. You are filled with joy and enthusiasm for yourself in your life. You're silly. That's tough. You are safe. You are protected. You are provided for. You are covered in God's grace. You are perfectly designed. You are loved and lovable. You are valued and valuable. You are cherished and held as precious by the people in your life. You are worthy. Ready. You're worthy. You are whole. Ready. You're worthy. You are limitless. You are pure potentiality. You're so smart. You're so communicative and brilliant and intelligent. Worthy. And worthy. You're creative. So expansive. You are discerning and rational. You are loving. You have a huge, open, loving heart. You are thoughtful and caring and so kind. You are highly intuitive. You are deeply connected to the divine. You can hear God's voice clearly in your life. You are wise. You are deeply connected to your mission and your purpose for this life. You are perfect health. You will wake up in perfect health. Perfect health. Perfect health. That's right. I'm so grateful for you. Mm. I'm so grateful for Quest. It was. It was. <laughs> and let's do your prayers. <laughs> we say, what do we say? Dear God. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> thank you for blessing us. <laughs> thank you for loving us. Thank you for your protection. <laughs> thank you for covering us in your grace and all your abundance. We're so grateful and we praise your name. Amen. And what else? We say, Mommy promises I will always be here to love, protect, and support you. And I will always give you the best version of me possible. Possible. Forever. No matter what. No matter what. Are you ready for your meditation? Meditation. Okay, let's do it. Oh. Um. One more time, and then we go to sleepies, okay? Go to sleepies, okay.
Brass. You are mm. so loved, Quest. You are more than enough. You know how to set and maintain healthy boundaries in your life? Personality. <laughs> Pure potentiality. That's right. <laughs> Have sweet dreams, my baby. Get all the nourishing rest that your mind, body, and soul needs. Needs. I trust you're going to put needs. yourself to sleep. Needs. So gently, needs. so effortlessly, and I cannot wait to see you in the morning, okay? I love you. Have sweet dreams. Hey, find me on social. Let's connect. At Debbie Brown, that's Twitter and Instagram, or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Tribble and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Got my Prevna 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Thermador at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.